There is no way to contain all of your expertise and give it all away in a 100 to 150 page book. Yeah. If, if you can, then you're not an expert. Okay. Right. That's not the purpose of a book. You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I am Steve Fretzen, as the host mentioned. I hope you're happy to be here. I know I'm happy to be here. Steve, are you happy to be here? I am ecstatic. <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't say, yeah, you want up, you want one up me with the ecstatic, but I'm happy, thrilled, and ecstatic to be here. So there you go. And this show, as you guys know, is all about helping you to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. And you know, obviously, you know, if you haven't, you know, heard the show before, pick up on it and check out some past episodes. And if you're a regular bi-weekly listener, you know, feel free to email me at steve at fretson.com if you have some feedback, you want me to change things up. You have some thoughts for guests, always open and happy to, to take, um, whether it's criticism, whether it's thoughts, ideas. Um, I'm a pretty open-minded person, as you probably know, so happy to do that and, and take that in. Steve, before we get into the weeds on our main conversation today, I want to, first of all, welcome you to the show, number one. Thank you. And number two is I want to talk about your quote, the quote of the show, and this is a Calvin Coolidge, and which he... For those of you who don't know, and if you're under a certain age, you probably have you studied your history, but 30th president of the United States, his quote was, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. So that is a, I've heard that quote you know, many, many years ago. I haven't heard it in a long time, but wow. That is so true. So talk to me about that. Yeah, I came across that particular quote at a stage of the business that was particularly challenging. And I saw it and I immediately printed it, framed it, put it on the wall, yeah, and looked at it every day for years. And I've still got the quote hanging, but that was just the reminder that really the only way to lose is to quit. That as long as I keep going, you know, and we got through that ch- tough time in the business and then uh, got it rolling and growing. And, you know, here we are 13 years later. Yeah. I would add one thing to it, not to uh, one up Calvin Coolidge, but I'm going to put a little frets and spin on it. I would say persistence with intelligence. Yeah. And the reason that I would say that is because I think we can be persistent, for example, networking. I'm networking, networking, networking. I'm doing all the networking I can do but I'm not necessarily getting better at it. I'm not necessarily learning and improving. So I think there's a level of persistence that we need, but also we need to have intelligence in how we improve and develop and grow as we continue to be persistent. And I think that's really, he's not going to go ahead and go back and change that, that, uh, that quote, but I probably not at this point, not at this point, but I I feel like, like that may be the one thing that I would add to it. And, And I don't know if you feel, feel that that would be an appropriate addition. Yeah, I think so that having that awareness to reflect yeah. on what am I doing, what's working, what's not working, and I'm going to keep going forward, but I'm going to go forward with, you know, with some discernment about, you know, what seems to be working and improving. Yeah. 
And we've got Steve Gordon here. He's the founder of Million Dollar Author. And I want to hear your background. I want to know what led you into getting into the thought leadership books, you know, for experts business, because that's something that I, you know, I've written four books and I feel like, you know, when you do that, I mean, to put one book out is great to put two out, but you've got, I think five, is that right? Five. Yep. Right. So you, so I need another one just to catch up to you is I think what you're saying <laughs> to be as cool as you, Steve, I have to, have to author one more, but I think there's something that just can't compare to books as it relates to how that gives us the authority and the thought leadership and a subject. So talk to your background and what led you into this space. And and of course the be that lawyer tipping point, which is my favorite part of it. Well, I'm a recovering engineer. So I started life in the technical field and went to work firm. I was the 10th employee at at company I worked for out of college. Four years later, I got asked to take over as CEO and, and then was able to grow that firm with the team that we'd built for about the next 12 years and got to a point where it was just time to go do something else. I was not the best, probably technical person. I was the one who could go out and talk to the humans and sell it. And so I wanted to go out and help other professionals grow their practice, grow their firm and do that with sales and marketing. And, uh, and so that's where I've kind of made the transition to create the current firm. It's taken a number of different iterations over the last 13 years. I started off as a little one and a half person marketing consultant. Here I'm in Tallahassee, Florida, which if you don't know, Tallahassee is the 11th largest market in Florida, which means it is not a big place. (laughs) Means you're behind Fort Lauderdale. Yes, way behind Fort Lauderdale. And uh, so I started helping people that I knew through my network and, you know, and growing the business here and there. And I kind of figured out a, a way to network and to get referrals by sharing information rather than just asking for the direct referral. I found there was always a lot of resistance to that. And I wrote a book about it in 2014 called Unstoppable Referrals. That changed the business literally overnight. So when I launched that book, when I wrote it, first of all, it was actually book number three. The other two found the garbage can. (laughs) And I finally got this thing finished, figured out how to write it, got it written in about 30 days and get it published. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I had 15 friends that I had interviewed on a podcast that I'd hosted a few years before. I went back to them and they agreed to help promote the book. And so we launched the book in July of 2014. And Almost right away, it starts getting traction. Over the course of that first week, we had about 5,000 people get a copy of the book. Yeah. So I go from tiny little one and a half person local consulting company to now we're getting inquiries from all over the world because all of these people now have the book. And that kind of opened my eyes to the power of positioning yourself as an author and, uh, you know, the power of being able to spread your ideas that way. And that's really what it's about. You know, most of us have really great ideas. We use those ideas to help our clients and we keep those ideas contained in the most expensive container we possibly could. And that's ourselves. Yeah. And the way that we spread them is we go to a networking event, we have a conversation and then we go to another networking event, we have another conversation, but it's a pretty slow way to do that. And so the book was just a multiplier. Yeah. And I love the title too, Unstoppable Referrals. That's really, 
hits the mark when when people think about networking and they think about all the time and effort they put into it. And a lot of the attorneys that I work with are, and I was talking to one today, in fact, that was just, he's doing so many high level networking events and meetings and his relationships. He's just not getting the referrals. He's not getting the quality introductions and the actual direct business that that he needs to get in order to actually make this like his book of business grow to make it, you know, that million dollar mark where he's really portable and he's really made his mark in the space. He can kind of dictate the control of his future. And I think, you know, that's a big, a big problem. What, what are some of the things that you see people struggle with around networking? Cause I think that might be a good lead into the book and this conversation. Well, I, I'll tell you where I struggled with it. Okay. So you know, when I started this firm and even at the end of, of the previous company, when I was really heavy into networking, I would spend eight, 10 hours a week, either at events or, you know, little coffee dates or lunch meetings or breakfast meetings with people. And I was doing all the things, you know, I was in the right groups, all that. And I can't say it didn't produce any results. It produced some results, but for the time invested, the return on that investment was pretty poor. Yeah. And, you know, and I think a lot of people feel that, you know, I was spending, I had a young family at the time. I was spending a ton of time, you know, at least one or two nights a week, some evening event. And I was usually out early a couple of days a week at a breakfast event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was doing the same thing. I think, I think there's a point when people get started networking and they really aren't educated at how to do it with, you know, planning and process and intelligence and it's just a sheer effort and work. And I think I was either a professional, a professional leader, but I was also a professional giver. And um, you know, I just tried to help everybody, which is a great thing to do to build karma, but not great on your ability to spend time with your family or actually get traction in a real way. It, it'll happen. You'll get business being a giver. I mean, anyone that's just out there helping others is going to win ultimately, but it just takes a long time. And you know, lawyers, for example, you know, they also have a thing called the billable hour, right? And so if they're billing 15, 2000 hours a year to be able to spend the kind of time that you and I spent out there, it's really, really not realistic. No, it's not. And that's true for most professionals, you know, and that's where I quickly discovered that having the book was a game changer because it focused all of the networking that I was doing. It actually elevated it. And instead of going to events and looking to meet people one-on-one, I was able to go to centers of influence because I'm now a published author with a really successful book. And you don't need a really successful book to do it. You just need the book. And I could go to them and say, hey, I wrote this book and I'm, you know, I'm confident that you have clients that would benefit from reading it. Let's brainstorm together how we could gift every one of them a copy of the book. What do you say? Very few people ever say no to that. Yeah. Well, let's, let me ask a question because the, the difference between going out there and building relationships in a more traditional sense, right? Meeting people, coffees, lunches, drinks, events, things like that. And having your ideas and thoughts in a book there with you. Talk, talk to me about the difference between those two as it relates to potential success, upside to outside. So I used to be involved in BNI, you know, as, as a lot of people are when they start off networking, right? Yeah. And, 
you know, I'll never forget one of the trainings that they were putting on. Whoever the speaker was said, you know, raise your hand if if you go to a networking event to to sell stuff and everybody raises their hand. And then he said, raise your hand if you came here to buy stuff and nobody raised their hand. <laughs> That's so great. So, you know, going to some of those events, everybody's there to sell something. And everyone who is there knows that when you talk to them, that's what's going to, you know, that's why you're there. That's what's going to happen. People who go to those events aren't stupid, right? And so they have the shields up and, you know, you're introduced at that point, whether you know it or not, as a salesperson. Okay. I know in the professions, we like to think of ourselves as above sales, but you're selling something. And the difference with a book is you get introduced as the guy that wrote the book or the gal that wrote the book. Totally different position. Yeah. Well, the other side of it too is I think that we think about networking, especially at the little, and I'm not saying like higher levels than BNI. BNI is great. Chambers are great. I think they serve a purpose. And there's also some elevated groups where it's more middle market or more you know professional services, things like that. And you know, I'm in provisors. I don't know if you're familiar with provisors, yep. but yep. Okay. And there's like a general rule, like no selling. Like you just can't sell anybody anything. If they ask for something because you offer, because you're you're an expert or because you've demonstrated your value or because you, you know, you've demonstrated your expertise through a book or whatever it might be, people can come to you and say, Hey, I'm really interested in talking to you about, you know, your services. But there really isn't there they don't really allow that in is and everyone that's in there gets it that we have to just figure out if we all help each other, then we don't have to look out for ourselves. And that's sort of a tenant of that organization, which I which I love, because that's how I've always been. And yeah, in the back of my head, am I meeting with a lawyer and thinking this might be a client for me? Yeah, I'm thinking about that in the back of my head. But ultimately, I have to be resigned to this is someone that may be a fit for me, may not be a fit for me. I don't really care. I'm going to help this person. And if that's through a book that I offer, if that's through my podcast, if that's through some other means, and it helps them enrich their life or make them smarter, better, faster, stronger. I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. And if they come back to me and say, hey, you know what? I, I think I'm interested in talking. I've read your book, Steve. And I really think that the stuff you do would really help me. Well, that's great too. That's great too. But I I think we all have to get get rid of the whole mindset of of selling. And I'm in the business of helping people grow business, which we can call business development or sales, depending on you know, if you're a, a dandelion or a snowflake. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I think, I think what, what you're, what you're saying is, look, if there's an opportunity to just not engage in that and just be seen and known as an expert because of, of the work you've put into something like a book, that's going to be a differentiator and a game changer right out of the gate. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've got sort of everyone at, in that group kind of on a level and the minute you write a book, you're standing above people see you. Yeah. You know, you stand out and, you know, I'm in some groups as well where, you know, it's basically known you don't sell here. But every time I go to a meeting, people are asking me for a copy of my book. They've heard about it. Somebody's talked about it. It creates a reason for people to have a conversation about you. Yeah. You just had a client down in Houston, just published his book as we record this 10 days ago. I think that's 10 days ago. It was on a Friday, two Fridays ago went live on Amazon at 8.15 in the morning. He emailed out to 
about a hundred people that are like in his network, you know, in the community. And they, you know, they went and bought the book. So he sold a hundred copies pretty quickly, like by 11 o'clock that morning. Well, somebody who bought a copy who knew, has known him for years and never referred him anyone goes and says, Hey, my buddy just wrote a book, says to somebody else, he knows my buddy just wrote a book. I think you should talk to him. This is like by 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. So my client gets an email around noon, goes and meets with the person right away that he's been introduced to, walks out with a $38,000 retainer by 1.45 in the afternoon. Now, that doesn't always happen. Wait a second. That doesn't always happen? Forget it. I'm out. Now. But the reason reason that it happened is because the book created a buzz in his network. And people who already knew him and knew what he was doing all of a sudden got this excitement about him and wanted to spread the word because now it elevates their social status too. Hey, I know, I know an author. You know, I know a guy that's super smart. He's so smart. He wrote a book. I need to tell you about him because you need his help. Right. Okay. Let's take a quick break to talk about how Money Penny is changing the game for lawyers who are losing business every day and may not even realize it. It's impossible to provide amazing client service when you have phone trees, voicemail jail, or untrained staff handling your phones. Every inbound call could be a new client to intake properly or an opportunity lost. With Moneypenny, it's all but insured. The call will be handled exactly the way you want it every time. To take immediate action on this, write down this email and start your free trial. It's svj at moneypenny.com and just mention my name in the subject line. With the help of Practice Panther, our office is more efficient than ever. We now provide an even higher level of service to our clients. I've collaborated with Practice Panther for years, and I'm always hearing from happy customers just like that one. Practice Panther wants to save you up to eight hours every week, and I want to save you money. All my listeners can get an exclusive discount, 50% off your first three months. Learn how your firm can boost productivity with automated workflows, custom intake, and native e-payments by visiting practicepanther.com slash be that lawyer to discover more and claim this deal. Legalese Marketing is not your traditional marketing vendor. Instead, we're a true fractional CMO that helps you save time and spend your money the right way to build the practice of your dreams. We help through the entire process, from customizing your intake system to driving leads and even getting more reviews afterwards. Schedule your free call at legaleesemarketing.com. Hey, and Steve, do me a favor and let's take a moment to just demystify what it really takes to write a book, okay? And again, I haven't had a ghostwriter or anyone write my books, okay? I wrote them all myself. However, I've done them in different ways and different styles. Some took longer than others, but self, mostly self, I did publish with, with a publisher one time and that was a huge mistake and I regret it to this day. The others were self-published and by the way, like couldn't have been easier and better for me in not only the profitability of the books, which are helping my son's 529 get funded, right? But also, um, you know, but there's a lot of different ways to skin that cat. And I wanted you to just demystify what does it take to really write a book today versus maybe 20 years ago? So the hardest part about the book is actually the easiest part about the book. Okay. And that's the writing of it. Most people think that that is the big, no question, hairy, challenging part of the project. It's going to take them years to do. 
that, you know, they've got to really think through, what am I going to say? What's going to go in the book and all that? Well, yeah, you want to know what's going to go in the book to a, a degree. But one of the things that we've realized after doing all the books that we've done is that there's a pattern to a book that's very successful at attracting clients. There's a structure to it. And when we work with a client, we just take their content and we plug it into the structure so that you don't have to, you know, beat your head against the wall trying to figure out what the structure should be, you know. And then once you've got the structure and it's really well organized and broken down, that two-year writing project that most people will make this really can be done in 30 days. Yeah. Well, and then, and then it's not about finding a publisher, right? Like going out and like, you know, going around to all the top publishers in the world, right? What's the newest, latest way to do it? So you, I mean, you can go get a publisher if you want. Some people want that for the ego, but what happens when you get a publisher is you're going to get someone who is going to take most of the money, provide none of the help and delay the process at least two to three years. Sounds about it. That sounds about right. In my experience. Yeah. And again, I'm not, I don't want to get in, into an argument with publishers around the world and not that any are listening to the show anyway. But I found that to be the case. I even found I was working with a legal publisher that I thought would be ideal and had the network to back up and support. They took forever to get it done. It was pulling teeth. They didn't market it at all like they had said or indicated, that even though they're in the, the literal space of legal. And I just, I ended up, you know, pulling it away from them and, and parting ways and, and then doing it on my own, which was far better. But I mean, so frustrating. Yeah. It, and, I hear that all the time. In fact, we just helped a client a little over a year ago go through and buy back the rights to a book. Yeah. You know, which is pretty, that, that's a pretty crazy and expensive thing to consider. Here's all of your intellectual property. <laughs> and because yeah. you went through a publisher, you've got to pay them to get it. Yeah. You know, but they had taken it out of print and, and this client wanted to have that book in print. Yeah. And again, if you're John Grisham and you're, you know, you know, an author that is looking to get into, you know, the bookstores and you're looking to sell to the masses and, you know, that may be, you know, you know, let's give that some credit that a public, a good publisher is, you know, probably the way to go. But to demonstrate expertise and thought leadership in the legal arena, it's pretty unnecessary. And you're going to give up an awful lot of control and it's going to take you a lot more money to make money with the book. So, you know, people talk about writing a book and I think that's the wrong way to think about it. The way you want to think about it is having the book. And the writing is just a step along the way, and it should be the first and easiest step. It's what we, we help people through. And then once you've got the book, now it's how do we go use that to get the right kind of clients that we want? The ones that are going to pay premium fees, that aren't going to question invoices, that are going to be so happy they're working with us that they're not going to complain. I mean, the perfect clients. Yeah. That's why you want to have a book. Yeah. And it really sets the relationship up well from the beginning. I mean, someone that has read one of my books, whether it's sales free selling or the more recent one, legal business development is a rocket science. It's they're getting, they're starting to understand me. They're starting to understand my methods and to understand if, if what I'm putting out there resonates with them and that they can see that this is something that would work if it was done at a whole other level. And you know, my father, uh, Larry, the lawyer, who people on the show hear about all the time, you know, first time I wrote it, when I wrote my first book, he goes, he goes, you're giving it away. Everyone's going to just take your ideas and run. I go, you know, dad, I remember years ago, you read, you wrote, you got a book from the library on, uh, on how to be an expert fisherman. I don't think you're an expert fisherman. 
You know, I don't think you can learn to fish or play golf or anything from reading a book. I think you're going to learn some things. I think you're going to get a, some ideas. And that's what I think most of the books that I've, I mean, that I've read, I don't think any have been, I call it game changing books and we'll hit yours at the end. I think they give you an idea or two or five, whatever, but I don't think anybody's making any radical changes without, you know, maybe taking some next steps with that author as a lawyer, as a coach, as a, an expert at something. Well, and especially when it comes to law, it's really hard to DIY the law. Yeah. I mean, they're trying through some automations and some other means, but, but ultimately what lawyers have found is that, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these things just make things more complicated and they, then they need a lawyer, lawyer even more, you know? Right. I mean, it's, it's the thinking that, that goes into what lawyers do that is, is most valuable. It's not the contract itself. It's not the document itself, but it's the thinking that went into creating that. And I'm sorry, but everyone who's listening to this went to law school for three years and then they had to pass the bar exam and, you know, and probably got spent four years undergrad before that. And then they spent years practicing. There is no way to contain all of your expertise and give it all away in a 100 to 150 page book. Yeah. If, if you can, then you're not an expert. Okay. Right. That's not the purpose of a book. And, you know, I really had this driven home to me about, I guess, about six years ago now. Client came to us. He'd already written a book, but he was very frustrated because he'd been marketing it for like three years and gotten really no results. And he'd worked with all of the big name marketers that you, names you would know, and they, they weren't able to get him over the hump either. And I got the book and I, it, and, the really sad thing is this is an award-winning book. It won two literary awards in his niche market. So it's a great book, fantastic information. I think he has a new breakthrough technique around sales. But the problem with the book was really two things. One, it was too long. It's 365 pages and it was targeted to decision makers. When was the last time you met a high-level decision maker in a Fortune 500 company that had time to read a 365-page book? Yeah. Not too often. Yeah. And two, it was way too detailed. He wrote a textbook. Yeah. And really what your future clients want is a transformation. And the transformation shows them, hey, you understand where they are today, what they're worried about, what they're struggling with. You understand on the other end of that journey where they want to be at the end, what life could be like in their bigger, better future. And then you've got a process that will connect the two that you can take them through step one, two, three, four, five, and we'll get them there. In other words, you have your unique process. That makes a great lead generating book. You don't need to put every little nuance of, of you know, legal practice that you're going to bring to bear into your book. All right. So I want to I wrap, I'm going to wrap this up with, with asking you to do me a favor, Steve, and that is to give three different approaches to writing a book to do it in 30 days. So I'm a busy lawyer. I'm looking at this, listening to this, thinking I, they can talk all they want. I'm never going to have the time to sit down and write, you know, 150 pages of anything, let alone, you know, a book about, about, you know, my legal prowess. There are ways to get this down on paper. There's ways to do this in maybe non-traditional 
ways that people hadn't thought of. So what are what are three ways to to write a book that maybe are less than traditional? Sure. Well, I'll give you the three ways we recommend. Okay. And uh, one of them is traditional. And the secret in, in all three of these is to be really well organized up front. And that's what I uncovered when I wrote, finally wrote my first book. You know, I'd thrown two in the trash. But I finally realized the secret is I've got to have a really detailed outline and roadmap for what I'm writing. Otherwise, my brain's going to get lost along the way. Yeah. And we have seen consistently with our clients that that's the answer to getting it done fast. So the, the first method, which is the most traditional, is just to write it. And if you're well organized, which is something we take everybody we work with through, you can write that, that length of a book in 30 minutes to an hour a day over 30 days. And most okay. lawyers are pretty good writers, so they can, and pretty I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, can knock that out. Yeah. It's you just, it's something you just have to commit to, you know, in the first thing in the morning or, you know, at the end of the day or whatever, and just, you know, after the kids go to bed. Okay. I love it. What's okay. next? So that's easy. So next is work with a writer. And we've developed a three-tiered interview process that we take people through. It takes about six hours split over three Zoom calls. So three two-hour Zoom calls. We do them all in one week. We pull it all out of their head. We create that same structure that I mentioned earlier. And then by going through it at three different levels of depth, it gets everything out. It's a little bit different than ghostwriting. We call it better than ghostwriting because the way a ghostwriter works is you'll meet with them, you know, over a period of months and months and months. And they'll do some writing, they'll do some research. You, what the book you end up with is partly yours and partly theirs. And most of the experts that I've worked with don't want that. They want it to be 100% theirs. Yeah. So that's what this process gets. But I think, let's just stop there, Steve, for a second. I think what people need to understand is that six hours of your time where you take all the knowledge that you have on a subject or your stories, your experiences, whatever you want to share your thought leadership in it, and you dump it out on a writer, right? And in most of what's going to be put on there is going to be what you're saying. It's just it's just got to be written, and you don't have the time to write it. So this is the solution. Absolutely. Kind of, kind of really kind of brilliant. Yeah, and so that's the easy button. And yeah. then the third way is to use some of the new AI tools. And there are really three AI tools that are out there, or three types of AI technology for writing. One is what I would call a dictation AI, where you can speak the book and the computer will put the words down. Those have been around for a while, but they've gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. uh, the second is a transcription AI, where you can just talk into a recorder, upload the file somewhere, it gets transcribed, and now you've got something to edit. And then the third are the new tools like ChatGPT, where it's actually a writing AI. You give it a prompt and it writes something. We've been experimenting with all of those, and, and here's what, what we found so far. Uh, if you're comfortable kind of talking through your content and your brain can work that way, then the dictation AI is probably the fastest because it's going to be the most accurate. If you're not as comfortable and you just want to kind of rough talk something, the transcription AI can work, but there's going to be an awful lot of cleanup, and so you want somebody that you trust to go through that because you probably it actually can be slower than We've had clients try it in uh, our one of our programs, and it's slower sometimes than actually writing the book straight through. The third, which is all the rage these days, isn't quite ready for prime time. 
And particularly when you're trying to convey your unique approach to something, it doesn't know your unique approach. Right. And so what we've seen there is that it's really good for short things. You know, you'll see a lot of videos on YouTube where somebody will put together a relatively short article or a social media post or anything like that. Really good for that. As you get to longer things, it starts to sound like a sixth grader wrote an essay. You know, a lot of unsophisticated language and a lot of, and also, and also, and also, and also, and just this litany of things. And it just, uh, it's not there yet. Doesn't mean it won't be, but it's not there yet. Yeah. I think those are all three great ideas. I'm going to give one more just to, cause I, I want to just, I'm going to be honest with everybody and, and I've never hid this by the way. If you are someone that is right, or if you're writing a blog or you're writing articles, and I've been writing for the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin for seven plus years, the latest book that I wrote, I didn't actually write it in 30 days or I wrote it in seven years, but I took all those articles, put them in a book, and guess what? I've got a 51 chapter book of my greatest hits, all from marketing to networking to this, that, and the other. It's all of my best writing in one place. And that book is now, you know, a bestseller, you know, in, in four countries. So, you know, there is a way to do it quick. And I love, Steve, that you make that available. And there's a way for some people if they just can be, you know, thoughtful about how they're going to use their content, how they're going to use their writing over time, that that's something that maybe it only takes someone a year or two instead of, for me, you know, seven. But I think that's that's another another option for a slower play, but maybe one that might be more uh, that might resonate with some attorneys versus the others. But I, I personally think if I did an interview for six hours talking about what I do and what I teach and all that, I think there'd be a great book in that because it would, and if I could save me from actually putting the pen on the paper, even better. So I like those options, man. Really, really cool. So this is so helpful. And, and I, and I want to get to your contact information because I think there's probably some people listening that are going, Wow. I mean, if that's all it is, yeah, I could do that. Or Steve seems to know his way around this. That might be a good, a good contact for me. Before we do that, I want to do two things. One is I want to talk about your game-changing book, which is The Ultimate Sales Letter, which is by the, the, the very famous, uh, lawyers probably don't know him too well, but Dan Kennedy, who is like a top you know, sales trainer like you know, with methodologies and everything. And I remember that back in the in the early 2000s, when I kind of got into my own business, he was all the rage and I'm sure he's still kicking some ass. But uh, talk to me about the ultimate sales letter. Yeah, that was the very first book of Kennedy's that anyone ever recommended to me. I'd never heard him before that. And I was having lunch with with a buddy of mine networking and uh, was telling him how we were really trying to improve the marketing of my first business. And he said, well, you got to go get one of these books, you know, from, from Dan Kennedy. It was the only one they had at the local Barnes and Noble. I went from lunch to the Barnes and Noble. I bought the book and and read it. And that really, that opened my eyes to a different way to begin to attract clients. We still yeah. did a ton of networking. I still did a ton of networking, but we began to use marketing on top of the networking to begin to attract the right people. And uh, that, was the, that was the one that started it all for. Yeah, really cool. And as we wrap up here, Steve, I want to thank our sponsors, Legalese Marketing, Practice Panther, and of course, Money Penny, all fantastic sponsors and great uh, help to the legal industry community, et cetera. And Steve, if people want to reach out to you, they want to understand more about the million dollar author, or they're interested in talking about a book themselves, what are the best ways, ways for them to reach you? 
So our website is milliondollarauthor.io, and we've got a page set up just for your listeners where they can actually get a copy. They can download a copy of my latest book, uh, The Million Dollar Book, which really lays out the whole process for how to create a book that's going to attract clients to your business. And they can go to milliondollarauthor.io slash be that lawyer, and they'll be able to get a copy there. There's a button on there if you want to, you know, find a time to talk with me, you can do that there. A bunch of other resources as well that, that I think will will help you build your practice. Yeah. And let's, I'm going to make sure we put that in the show notes as well. I don't see it here on your form, but I'm going to make sure that that I put that in the show notes so we can get people an opportunity to, to grab that. I think that's a great giveaway and I appreciate that so much. And thank you for being on the show, man, and sharing your wisdom and explaining how this whole book thing works and why there's so much value in doing it. And I just hope that people yeah, take into account that you know you can do all the networking you want. You can do all the different ways of growing business. They're all great. This is another another tool in the tool belt that I think is you know is is maybe even a little a little stronger tool than maybe some of the other ones that exist. But uh, but really great having you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Steve. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and thank you everybody for spending some time with uh, Mr. Gordon and myself. It's all about helping you to to figure out, you know, your way as a lawyer to grow business, to network, to be be the brand to, to people think of. If you're in estate planning, if you're in personal injury, whatever the case might be, you want to be the the one that that uh, that someone's saying, hey, you need to talk with so and so. You know, he's the, he's the authority in it, and you you know you're you're either you're either working towards that end or you're getting run over by people that are already there. They're moving faster than you, so. Consider all of this and, and work to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. Take care, everybody. Be safe. Be well. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.